Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast, AEW Dynamite Review Edition. My name is Mike Fenn, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Brad Harcastle. Hello. So we have we actually got some feedback uh, after last week's two episodes that uh, we are actually, we sound very calm and almost NPR-ish when we're... Uh, when we're delivering our uh, wrestling opinions and we've decided we are not going to change anything we're just going to lean into that we're just going to be the calm measured corner of the uh, internet wrestling culture and we're gonna just stick with it stick with it you get enough loud shouty stuff from (laughs) everywhere else you can come to us for a nice calm discussion about what what we like about wrestling. yeah you can listen to listen to us over a cup of coffee Yes. Drink, eat, reading the paper. Okay. So, all right. So how, uh, how I'm going to start this today, um, we're going to start with a little bit of news. Um, it's, this started last week. Um, I don't know what day it started. Well, it, it happened after the last week's AW, but, uh, AW and NJPW, um, talent started doing some teasing on Twitter as to, Perhaps they're they have know a little bit about a potential uh, arrangement for a working for working partnership between the two promotions. So it um, it all started when um, Hiroshi Tanahashi was in the tribute videos for Chris Jericho in last week's episode, and then a couple days later, Orange Cassidy tweeted. Um, he tweeted, I believe it was along the lines of. When it, he just said casually, when is the best of Super Juniors? And then Twitter went crazy. Everyone was just saying, don't give us hope. Don't give us hope. Mm-hmm. And then Evil Uno made a tweet about Evil Uno would really like to join uh, the World Tag League, which is NJPW's uh, big tag league tournament. And Colt Cabana posted photos of him with a Toro Yano when he tagged with Toriano when he was in NJPW with no words with it, obviously mm-hmm. a little tease and Kenny Omega on, and again, this, whether or not it, this is uh Kenny Omega runs these accounts. I'm not sure, but his, uh, his Instagram account was uh, posting pictures of him when he used to wrestle for, uh, for new Japan. El- Throwback Thursday. That was the first one I actually saw was his, and then I saw all the other wrestlers starting to post mm-hmm. after he posted his throwback Thursday of the cleaner and like all his Japan press photos and stuff. And El Fantasmo did a post saying, uh, saying I just had a dynamite workout with yeah. like with an explosion. And then Ricky yeah. Starks commented on it saying, Oh man, um, you've come a long way since we used to, uh, since we used to wrestle together. I hope to wrestle you again very soon. Or something along those lines. And then, of all people, before Lance Archer's match yesterday, Minoru Suzuki tweeted at Lance Archer saying, I hope Lance Archer wins tonight's... Uh, wins the wins. title for Suzuki-Goon. Yeah, so it's like, these guys know something's happening. The The one thing is that because of COVID-19, it can't really happen anytime soon because of the travel restrictions and the different rules between companies. But it looks like the forbidden door or the forbidden gate that they're talking about has been opened has been 
open since uh, since their president has left. So hopefully this is good news. And I think down the road, I think what this looks like is probably they'll just have each other in tournaments or just do some loans of talent back and forth. Maybe even just young, young guys so sort of like... Yeah. Sort of like a trainee exchange, like a young boy exchange for excursions, which I think would be fantastic. And then you get the odd guy, like maybe Suzuki comes over and does like a couple months with the company yeah. and then he goes back. Or like and... Ishii or some Ishii. I can see that. That's what they kind of do with Ring of Honor now. And they'll do like the, during the summer, they have their two big night show where they mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. where both, they have like, where they intermingle and have matches against each other. I could see them doing that for AEW for like, fighter fest or something Bring no it's in. great well because... maybe not during the summer because that's when they normally mm-hmm. do the g1 but because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i think once um once like the, the, every once in a while you'll see a guy will just sort of fade into the background and they don't really know what to do with them for a while mm-hmm. and then like that would be the perfect time to maybe send him over if they don't have plans for him in storyline because aw does a lot of long-term uh yeah, does a lot of long-term time. booking where like they're booking two three four months in advance and i think with this with kenny's current storyline i think that was like a year in advance two years yeah. in advance they knew what they were doing with him so like someone like janella or archer or cage i think are like some of your, your higher profile mid card guys mm-hmm. would greatly benefit from Cage going Japan o- would be awesome. From going overseas for a while. Okay, so the the next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to do a brief rundown of some uh, BTE and that's being the Elite and AW Dark storylines, because there was some interesting stuff that does pertain to uh, to Dynamite in some ways. Um, the first bit is on. Being the elite this week, then they've been doing this for a while. They've been running a storyline where uh, Hangman Page is has been trying to apologize to the Young Bucks, but in funny ways, it keeps getting messed up. Mm-hmm. And um, he's been trying to do that through Brandon Cutler, who has, who is uh, the Young Bucks' best friend, and has been featured heavily on Dark. He has, he's got the best AW Dark storyline, and for a year at this point, pretty much. Anyways, um, so on BTE, um, he and uh, he and Hangman, they've gotten drunk and they're throwing watermelons and stuff, and like, <laughs> like they're they're going crazy. And uh, Hangman tells um, tells Brandon that the Bucks do not have your back. He said a year ago in my the biggest match in the biggest match of my life when i was going out to face jericho he asked them to second him to the ring like they used to do with uh with kenny omega and they refused him they said we don't have time we have to prepare for our match we're not going to make it out there and he was hurt and dejected and he left and um they actually showed footage of that from that. I don't know if it's actual footage. If it is, then kudos to them recording it because it's not stuff we've seen before, but it said it was from 2019 mm-hmm. um, in the fall, just before their, uh, before their they debuted. La- yeah. It was, this was a ladder match with 
the Lucha Bros, right? Mm-hmm. This was this is pre yeah, this is pre Dynamite. This was at uh, Double or Nothing, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they didn't do that. So then um, Brandon goes and he confronts the Bucks and he said, uh, "Hangman has been trying to apologize to you guys ever since he cost you guys that match." They're like, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. He's like, fine, don't talk about it. That's on you guys. But the one thing I would love you guys to do is come second me, come down to the ring during dark for my match with Peter Avalon. It's a big blow off match. It's the biggest match of my career. And they're like, you know what? We'll do that. We'll be there. And wasn't um, Hangman wearing a pumpkin on his head during that whole? Hangman thing? was wearing a pumpkin on his head at one point. They were they were really drunk. It was a carryover from the previous episode. Yeah. And then uh, then the Bucks they say like you know what, make the text. So then they text Hangman, and they text him like we're really sorry. We love you. Um, let let's hash this out. Mm-hmm. This isn't worth fighting fighting about and then it goes to show hangman has dropped his phone somewhere and he he gets the message or like the message comes through but a different hand picks it up and types back to the bucks um essentially no i'm not doing that screw you it's over tells him to f off and then the bucks are like that's it we're done with this this is over and then it cuts and leads into uh Leads into what happened this week on Dynamite and also on Dark. Who do you think was the person texting the Bucks back? I think it's probably Kenny. That's what I'm thinking too. I think I think it's it's probably Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. I think they're gonna form the original elite, which is uh, Kenny and the Bucks. Bring back the cold spray. Yeah, and and you can sort of it's a good idea because then you can continue to do being the elite. Whereas if they all break up, like what's that show at that point? Yeah. Like why within, con- within the context of AW it doesn't really make sense. So I think, I think that's where they're going with that. And then, uh, okay. So then brief breakdown of the storylines on dark. Okay. So the first match, and I will say that, uh, after this match was done and I saw the rest of the card, I realized that um, I realized what they were doing and it'll become pretty apparent. But the, the first the first match was Evil Uno versus The Blade versus Kazarian versus Jungle Boy in a four-way match. And really good match. And I was like, what's... This is a really random match. Why are... It seems like it's just they selected one guy from each... From a bunch of prominent tag teams that aren't really in the title picture and they just threw them in to a to a scramble match mm-hmm. and it was really good and then i was just like okay you know what they're probably like uh but when i when i look carefully i was just like this is uh an enhancement match to boost jungle boy heading into the tournament uh-huh. so by the end of the match of course jungle boy won very good match as you can imagine because those guys are all aces yeah um it was yeah it was really just a fancy way of giving him a win without it being a one-on-one match that that would be predictable because at first when people saw this they're like what's this match this is random why are these guys all in a match together this doesn't really make sense it was just kind of a creative way to throw you off mm-hmm. into yeah, thinking it looks that really random when you just look at the people mm-hmm. but 
However, when you look at the rest of the card, you see, oh, Wardlow's on there getting a win. Janela's on there getting a win. Mm -hmm. It's all guys that are in the tournament that's starting next week. So it's like, okay, fair play to you. Then another match that they had was Matt Seidel versus Sonny Kiss. This one is extremely interesting to me because Matt Seidel, as far as I know, has been telling everybody in interviews that uh, he wants to stay independent, that he's not going to sign with anybody, that um, it just at this point in his career, he's not interested in that. He's interested in training people and in just doing the tours of the different indies and different promotions. However, AEW has been pushing him. They had him as the uh, as the Joker in the in the Casino Battle Royale. They had him. Um, they've put him over twice against uh, against signed talent, which they never do. And I've even heard it said that uh, unsigned talent is to never beat assigned talent. It's within their contracts. Mm-hmm. I do, I can't confirm that, but I have heard that that is the case. But so far, he's gone over Nakazawa again. He's probably the lowest of the uh, on on the totem pole for signed talent. But Sunny Kiss is not. Yeah. Sunny Kiss has been getting a push lately. Sunny Kiss faced Cody Rhodes for the TNT title like a month ago, or just over a month ago. So to see Matt Seidel go over Sunny Kiss and fairly handily, it seems like they're trying to sign him. Is essentially what I'm saying. I think he has a a per appearance basis right now, which to me is like, are you really just going to use Matt Seidel on Dark? I don't think so. I think they're trying to woo him. And until they get him signed, they're only going to use him on Dark, but they're having him go over established talent. And to me, that says something because they have not done that. The only time guys have gone over established signed talent, they are immediately announced as signings. So I think that's interesting. I think they're. This is essentially, they're having negotiations with Matt Seidel, is what's happening. I and he's e- he's even been on being the elite, and he's had like yeah. he had a storyline with Nakazawa where the botch, the slip that he had in the casino battle royale in being the elite, it was revealed that Nakazawa went out and greased the greased the ropes so that he fell. <laughs> yeah, and then they had a blow off match on dark, <laughs> so like. They're doing something with him. I just don't know what it is. And then the next one was Red Velvet versus Elena Black. And this caught my eye because when this match was announced, I saw a little bit of buzz on Twitter about Elena Black. She has been on GCW shows. She's been in death matches against Jimmy Lloyd. She She's tough. And she has... A bit of a following so i was excited to see that to see what she had and she's good and she's against red velvet who's actually had story lines going on throughout um aw dark uh include like involving brandy brandy's sort of trying to recruit her as one of her friends which is confusing to me because i thought ally was a friend but we haven't <laughs> seen we haven't seen ally for a few weeks so a little concerned with that i hope she's okay um because that seems to be dropped all of a sudden. But um, yeah. yeah, Red Velvet got her first win. She got a win over Elena Black, and it looks like they she's probably going to get signed to some sort of deal, whether it's per appearance or 
a full-time deal. It looks like they're really high on her, and I'm excited about that because she looks good. Yeah, that uh, Red Velvet's first win, because I remember the last time I saw her wrestle, they they pretty they highlighted that she hasn't won a match yet, but she's been close to it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's mm-hmm. cool that she got her first win. Yeah, you, you can tell the people that they have plans for, like Lee Johnson, Red Velvet, Brian Pillman, they always say that at the beginning of their match. They haven't had a win yet, but they're going to, and they're one of the top prospects in all of wrestling type of this. So you, see, you can, they keep telling you that, and they've been around for months at this point, like three, four, five months for each of these guys. So you can tell that they have a future, and it it's probably contingent on whenever this third show happens that they'll. They probably don't want to sign them, but maybe they'll be signed to the sec to the third show. I'm not sure. Yeah. So this is two weeks, and so we can get that show. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, so this is two weeks in a row now that uh, a talent that hasn't been signed yet officially has gotten a win. That was Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman last week, and Red Velvet this week. And um, Red Velvet had storyline because Brandy was on commentary for it. And she, Brandy came out to defend Red Velvet one time and Red Velvet reciprocated it another time. So it looks like they're going somewhere with this. Okay. Okay. The next one, the next match that I want to talk about is Cutler versus Avalon, which as I talked about earlier involves the Bucks, BTE, Hangman, essentially the premier story in AW right now. And it was a very good match. Uh, Avalon dominated the match. It went to a um, double disqualification. They uh, one guy hit one guy with the book. The other guy hit him with a polyhedral die. <laughs> polyhedral die. Um, it was good, but uh, Brandon came out and he uh, he looked over to the side and he could see that. Um, he could see that the Bucks weren't there, and he was visibly upset. So they're telling a story there. I don't know if this is just going to be in BTE. We haven't seen uh, Cutler on Dynamite since the very first episode. Yeah, He's probably not going to be there for a while at this point, but his work is actually really, really good. If, if anyone's been watching uh, Dark, they would know that now. The only thing is... His acting's not really there. His promo skills aren't there, but he's he's getting sore. But his his ring work is much improved, and he's been on almost every week. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, Nyla Rose had a match. However, after Nyla Rose's match, Vicky Guerrero came out and challenged Sheeta for Nyla Rose for the title, which I was like, okay, this is a little odd coming on uh, Dark. But it's like, maybe that's Sheeta's feud for full gear? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I can see that, because she think... was sitting in the crowd during mm-hmm. Dynamite watching the mm-hmm. match. You'd so think maybe they that. would... You'd think they'd find a way to do this on Dynamite, but yeah. they've done it a, but... a few times on Dark. They had uh, Eddie Kingston um, show that he's going to be challenging Moxley again, starting mm-hmm. through Dark. So... There is a precedent for it, and I kind of like it. 
it raises the level of dark a bit, makes it yeah, so that makes you gotta make sure you watch that too, so you catch you, everything. You have to you have to watch it too. So now there's another wrestling show to watch. Okay, so Dynamite, Dynamite this week. This was the the one year anniversary episode, and I was I was so friggin' hyped for this episode, and I'm I'm not gonna say that I thought it was bad. I certainly didn't. I thought it was very good. I just thought it was going to be one of the best episodes they've ever done. And part of that is my own expectations. And a a lot of that has to do with the storylines they were building up and that they had been building up for the past three weeks. And it looked like they were at least going to be partially paid off this week. And I kind of felt that they just to be continued some of those stories in a way that kind of annoyed me a little bit because it is the, this is the anniversary episode next week isn't yeah so i thought like this this is the week that you do the big story reveal not next week you don't go uh like to be like it just it bothered me a little bit and that seemed to happen a little bit with some of the storylines but or well one major one in particular but i thought the ring work on this week was was exceptionally good like i thought it was uh really good half it was funny, like I checked Twitter afterwards to see if I was in the minority, and I was. Some like people were kind of down on this episode, and I thought it. I was like, "Wow, really?" I was. Like, I thought the the ring work was solid. Some people didn't like some of the results, or and, yeah, I saw that people were complaining about some of the finishes, and but it's like like the finishes I, I had no problem with. Yeah, me either. I I do kind of understand where they're coming from, like. If you're gonna put every championship on the line, you should probably have one change hands, maybe, because that feels like a pay per view. At that mm-hmm. point, you don't put every championship on the line unless it's a pay per view or unless something big is going to happen. And they yeah. didn't do that, and as a result, I think a lot of people were kind of led to believe that something huge was going to happen, and that. Like the matches were great, but there, everybody won, everybody moved, yeah. or everybody retained their titles. So, anyway, for me, I thought I think, it was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a fun show, but a show that left me a little wanting for more. But we'll get into it. Yeah, I like the show a lot. Uh, the the women's match was a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But it was still it was still good, uh, but yeah, I, I like the whole show. Like you said, I think uh, a lot of us came in with um, super high expectations. Mm-hmm. That being an anniversary show, and I I thought at least one title would change. I thought it'd be the at least the women's title because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wouldn't see the FTR or Cody just dropping the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't had them for that long, so I couldn't really see them. So I figured the women's title would drop it, but. I thought it was a good show overall. Sometimes um, it caught me off guard whenever they were um, like transitioning and they'd go to the announcers. It felt like some of the announcers uh, were just now getting the information to tell us to me, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's just, that's maybe they were, I don't know. That's like really my only nitpick is that I, I thought it was a really great show overall. I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was really solid. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was pretty surprised to see how 
much more. I enjoyed it. But again, this is Twitter, and Twitter's very <laughs> hyperbolic. So, yes. like, yeah, they, I, they, they either love it or they hate it. Yeah, yeah, there's no in between. Whenever I start looking at Twitter, I'm like, man, maybe I am in the minority on some of my wrestling opinions because <laughs> it just seems like everyone hated this, but I thought it was good. And then it's like, well, no, it's just Twitter. I got to remember that. Okay, so the first match was uh, FDR versus Best Friends. Um, I'm a little higher on FDR than a lot of people at the moment, I've found. Um, I get Maybe some of that is I didn't really watch them in WWE before they joined, or even in NXT before they joined uh, AEW, but I've been loving their old-school approach and their... Uh, just they're they're cheating. They're they're sk- skirting the rules. Uh, mm-hmm. They're always cheating to win. Yeah, they but uh, make a big deal about the rules, but then they're always mm-hmm. breaking them. The, like. they're, they're hypocrites. They say they don't dive, but they do. And mm-hmm. like, I've been loving them for a while now. They've been my favorite team, but I th- I kind of feel that uh, they are losing the audience a little bit just from the, what I'm seeing around the internet and it's hard to tell because we don't have crowds but uh that seems to be the case or even with other podcasts that i listen to like they seem to people seem to be thinking that they're not quite hitting their potential and i can i can kind of see that um to me they it seems like it's the same revival that was in nxt Mm-hmm. it's like they because when they're in the main roster of wwe wwe they didn't know what to do with them so they just treated them like crap but mm-hmm. to me it just seems like they jumped from nxt to aew mm-hmm. the mean, one thing the, the one thing i can think is they might be getting a little overexposed in that we see an ftr match every week yeah and i think that's kind of that's a little bit of a problem that aw has a little bit sometimes when they when they hit on one thing they keep trying to hit on that same act every week mm-hmm. without maybe giving them a week off to leave us wanting more from them. Yeah. And uh, I think that may, because of the style that FTR wrestles, I think um, I think it's maybe best to not have them out there all the time. But right now with the angle that they're doing with them, their brush with greatness where they go every week and it's essentially the open challenge. Mm-hmm. They've sort of backed themselves into that corner. So hopefully that'll change because AEW smart and they, they have a good idea what the, what their audience is thinking at all times. And they're yeah. pretty good at adapting. Maybe people just are ready to see them fight the young bucks because mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. what they've really been building to well, so maybe people are like let's just get to it their young bucks sure at the young bucks matches are amazing that they've had so far mm-hmm. granted yeah. they've been multi-man matches but they've been incredible and oh. this particular match with best friends i thought was the best among the best they've had in AEW. i thought their chemistry was really really spot on I thought it's they're uh, it's among the best teams that they have gelled with oh, so yeah. far in AEW. They had like they had this one rolling these these back to back rolling DDTs that they did to each other that, that was, was just such beautiful symmetry and it was so clean. What did JR call it? A DDT symphony or something? Like that. <laughs> yeah, sy- symphony of DDT <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it was good. It, 
there was a yeah there yeah so anyway in in this match um they're they're going back and forth and um uh trent ends up on the outside with cash cash is the one with hair right i think i I believe so i I always forget cash is the one who looks like me i mean (laughs) more muscular but you know what i'm saying (laughs) um so they're they're battling on the outside and uh kip sabian has his uh his arcade cabinet out there and he's playing with penelope ford and to their credit they did have this uh arcade set up the week before so it wasn't completely out of the blue but they sort of you oh sorry say what's going to happen next uh at the beginning of the show when it showed kip and penelope playing i was like i don't think they're really playing that game i said that to my wife and then it turns out why they weren't really playing anything but yeah (laughs) because they were just mashing the buttons all crazy at the beginning yeah they they weren't really doing that (laughs) they've never shown the screen they've never Mm -hmm. shown what's on the screen um but yeah you could tell it looked like kind of like a flimsy Mm -hmm. looking uh arcade cabinet but uh you can tell that something's gonna happen because you could they lined it up in the shot you're like okay yeah something's gonna happen here and trent goes for his spear cash gets out of the way trent goes through the cabinet and then um kip tells uh penelope to go to the back and get miro and i was like oh crap here we go miro's gonna come out and is gonna interfere in this match i thought he was gonna cause a double dq in the match i don't know why i thought that because they i think have had maybe two disqualifications in the whole first year of AEW. they don't do it's just dis- what we're conditioned yeah I think. they don't do disqualifications we've had so long with all the other promotions doing that with the exception mm-hmm. of new japan um yeah that we're just used to it so luckily that didn't happen uh we'll get back to miro in a little bit but um so they they get back to the ring, and they they're continuing to fight, and they they tease uh, hitting uh, hitting Chucky T with the belt, but it misses, mm-hmm. and then um, I think Dash gets the belt, and he and he hits yeah. he hits Chucky T, and they uh, they roll him up and and get the win, and the this style of cheating that FTR does, I've I like it. It makes sense to me. This is yeah. this is old school heel wrestling that I remember mm-hmm. from the early nineties. And even their their beautiful blue trunks. It was just like I haven't seen beautiful blue trunks like that since early, early days. Yeah. Uh FTR and the Best Friends their gear last night were both great. Best Friends had the, the like navy and, and pink. And then FTR had the, the the darker navy. They both look great. Yeah, that, fantastic. I loved it. It was it was a great match. I thought it was a really good start. And there was a a near fall in the match when Best Friends hit their finisher. Mm-hmm. They hit the crunchy, and the crunchy. Yeah, and uh, when they they broke it up right at the last second, I thought that was great mm-hmm. too. Because I was like, oh, I really thought they were gonna win. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. AW's really, really. They're really, really good with their near falls and making mm-hmm. you buy into it. Because their matches, you can kind of predict who's gonna win. But by the end of the match, you've bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So it's a testament to their work. Yeah. And I like in tag team matches when the other person breaks up the near fall, especially after hitting a big move like the best friends did. Because mm-hmm. you're not kick, really kicking out of the big move. Yeah. You're just your partner mm-hmm. saving you. I, li- I like it when they do that in tag team matches. Yeah. I, I, I gave this match uh, three and a half stars. I thought it was, I thought it, was uh, it was a good match. It was, uh, it was yeah, like I get, a, I'm going to give it 
four, four yeah. stars. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite think it was like an A, but it was mm-hmm. like a, it was like a B plus for me. Yeah. Um, and mostly like I thought the uh, I thought the arcade cabinet was a little gimmicky, but yeah. uh, especially after you hit it and you saw how empty it was, just mm-hmm. the the controller board was the only thing that was actual arcade machine. Mm-hmm. But then Kip was just carrying it around. After the bell rang and FTR left, Miro comes running out and he's furious. He he charges into the ring and he just absolutely destroys best friends. Mm-hmm. Like Does he call him the good friends? After his match he does. <laughs> oh after his match. So what happens <laughs> is then it cuts to commercial break and it comes back and Miro is still in the ring, which I loved. That mm-hmm. was it was a really nice bit of editing there. Um, it comes back and he's still in the ring and he's still heaving. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he faces Lee Johnson and uh, and Maluda. Good luck to them. He destroys yeah. them. I, th- <laughs> I think in like two minutes. Yeah, it wasn't um, very long. I don't even think they got any offense in either. Yeah, and like, Kip Sabian barely got any offense in. Kip Sabian mm-hmm. had like one move and he yeah. just threw Kip Sabian at, at uh, Maluda at one point. <laughs> yeah. Which and he's was screaming in Russian the whole time, and it's awesome. Yeah, so he beats them with uh, with the game over. It is his new uh, is the name for his camel clutch, and I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, and I really love how when before he puts on the on the game over, he stomps on the guy's back so that he arches up. Yeah, in pain, and then he grabs his head. It's really yeah. cool. It's his, a... his camel clutch is. I mean, it's so good. It harkens back to like. Scott Steiner's and yep. stuff. Like that's well, how good it is. Notice his hair. Mm-hmm. And the size and the size of the man. I think yeah. there's a lot hearkening, hearkening back to Scott yeah. Steiner about this. He just needs to put the blonde in his goatee now and then he'll be Yeah, so um so he actually cut a promo after this, which he doesn't normally cut promo, so I was excited for this. And he starts the promo just screaming in Russian. And I thought it was amazing. And then, um, and then he he goes into English and he calls uh, he calls the best friends the good friends, which the I thought friends. that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it was I I like to think that that was planned. It was, mm-hmm. it was very very funny, yeah. and um, he looked like an absolute maniac. Mm-hmm. Like you can see, this is the Miro mm-hmm. that I want them to tap into because his gimmick has been falling flat so far this weird gamer guy and i mean i'm a gamer i like that stuff but this isn't it ps5's in a month baby yeah so it's a uh, i i like seeing this this rage field miro yeah i want to see I think this once this kip thing kind of goes on for a little bit i think he's probably gonna get tired of kip and then probably mm-hmm. be the, the true heel miro that we've been waiting for eventually he's gonna turn on kip he mm-hmm. has to and yeah. he's going to destroy him, and it's going to be good. And then he can move on to Cage or Archer, or ho- ho- hopefully not another big guy that's lo- that's lost their first couple big matches. But uh, yeah, I hope. It's but but somebody smaller. like that, someone on the, someone like Janela or something like that, so that he can mm-hmm. he can just kind of manhandle. Janela makes everybody look good because he yeah. is the premier bumper. In the, <laughs> in the company uh, on the AEW podcast last week, he said he he really wants to work with Kenny. So I'm sure someday. We'll oh, see yeah. Him versus Omega. 
I think he'll probably whenever Kenny gets the belt, he'll challenge for it. He'll probably yeah. lose, but he'll challenge for it, and it'll yeah, be fantastic. He said that even when he was in the WWE, he'd go in the back and just watch Kenny Omega matches and stuff. Yeah, no, he he showed a lot of Muay Thai in this <laughs> in this match, and he actually was wearing little Muay Thai shorts, which yeah, I loved, and kick and kick pads. Yeah. I was I was happy. Yeah, actually, his, was his he new look is great. I love it. Was he wearing kick pads? Or was he just yeah, wearing little boots? The shin pads. The little okay, kick yeah, he is. On. He is wearing kick pads. So I loved mm-hmm. it because he's doing more kicks now, which I thought they look devastating, and they have some really cool camera angles when he's doing his strikes. Yeah, I think he's got a legit like kickboxing Muay Thai. He does in yeah. Ka McGraw. Every I totally butchered that, but that type of background. No, he does have a kickboxing background, so that's exciting. Okay, and then uh, so now before the. Uh, before the commercial break, it cuts to uh, Archer in the back just beating the holy hell out of Moxley. <laughs> uh, Jake Roberts was, here, let, let me put on my jacket before you do this next time. <laughs> just walking around with a jacket. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just because he's just destroying John Moxley and <laughs> the, the staff's trying to get in there and break it up. Which I was just like, okay, this is a yeah. nice little way of spicing up a matchup that got derailed by COVID-19. Yeah. This that's, is cool. Yeah, it puts heat back on the match, so that's good. Because they were going to have, like, a two two weeks ago, they were supposed to have that big six-man six match. Yeah. And then they are probably going to have something else last week. And then this yeah. week was supposed to be the match. And they didn't have any of that. They just had to go by their their um, their um promo packages. So this is I thought this was really smart. <laughs> okay, and then, uh, then MGF has his promo. And this is, it was very, very good. Everything they did was excellent, but it's also the most disappointed I was yeah, in the show. I, I think it maybe went on a little too long. That's been my main problem with MJF, is all his promos are great. I just think sometimes he gets a little long-winded. Mm-hmm. Like if he just cut out a couple, then it'd be even better, but... Yeah. Yeah. So he essentially he comes out and uh, the inner the full inner circle comes out. They're all wearing their jackets. Nice touch. Sammy's not wearing his jacket, <laughs> which was uh, MJF's gift to them two weeks ago. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, Sammy, we're gonna get get you your jacket." And the my running theory is that Sammy is his inside man and he's gonna help him infiltrate and then break up the inner circle. Um. <laughs> So he gives Sammy his jacket, and it's a 5XL, and it does not fit Sammy. He looks like a little kid wearing like his wearing dad's jacket, Arnold, wearing like Arnold Schwarzenegger's Arnold. jacket. It's yeah. that big. It looks like at the end of Big when Tom Hanks turns back into the little kid and he's walking back to the house. It would have been too big for Wardlow. Like it was that big, <laughs> but it was it was very very good. But Did you see he, that picture they. MJF posted on Twitter of him raising Sammy's hand. Yeah. Like holding the top of the sleeve is really funny. with the red pants too. Yeah. Perfect. He looks like a he looks like a little boy. Um Yeah, so but he he's explaining to Chris Jericho that um that they're both Apex Predators and Apex Predators don't fight each other. That's why they've never had conflict. And he realizes that he would like to join the inner circle. And they're like, do you want to join the inner circle? And he's like, yeah, I want to join the inner circle. Do you want to join the inner circle? Like, yes, yes, please. Can yeah. I join the inner circle? And they keep going back and forth. 
uh, which is a riff on their earlier bit. And that was very good. And then Chris Jericho's like, eh, I don't know. And the rest of the inner circle's like, you know what? No, we don't, we don't want mm-hmm. you in it. And then they finally decide, you know what? Next week, we're going to sit down over steak and discuss it. And I was, and I was sort of, I was like, eh, I don't know. This was supposed I felt like there was going to be a big reveal this week, and then the next few weeks were going to be the fallout of that, going into some sort of match at full gear, which is not far away. So that seems like enough time to to build it's, to that. Full gear is three weeks away? Yeah, full gear is three weeks away. There's two weeks of dynamite and then full gear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just felt that they're like last week, they had two anniversaries. There was uh chris jericho's 30th Jericho's. last week and then the first year this week or the first year anniversary this week so it was like part one last week part two this week it made sense to me they obviously didn't see it that way however mjf asking to join the inner circle is big mm-hmm. it is big but we didn't get our answer and that uh, that's one trope in wrestling i don't love like i'll give you your answer next week, next week. Yeah, i understand i understand that's a heel thing to do but it drives me crazy. Yeah. I, I hate that too. And then, um, did you, uh, the steak dinner thing, mm-hmm. uh, I pointed this out to you earlier today. It just came to me while I was at work. It, when Jericho won the title after his little bit of the bubbly promo and stuff, and he went out to eat, remember his, his title got stolen at a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So now I'm starting to think maybe he'll, when he goes to the inner circle to, or to do the dinner, Steak yeah. dinner, his group is going to get stolen from him by MJF. I really hope that's what they're doing. And I hope that if that is what they're doing, this is worth it. Mm-hmm. This is worth all my suffering this week. If yeah. that is what they're doing, because that is genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that Jericho's smart like that. So I mm-hmm. can see him. Yeah, play I really hope so. I just, I thought and maybe they could even say MJF stole the title from him. Mm hmm. And like mm-hmm. put it on some other guy or something. Yeah, it's funny. As long-winded as this promo in the segment was, and how long is it? How long it dragged on? I thought this was going to be a bigger part of this episode. Mm-hmm. So when it just kind of disappeared and went away, and it was like, "Tune in next week." It was like, "What? Why? Yeah. No." <laughs> it's yeah. it like, but this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm. I hope I'm not setting my own expectations up too high, but I fully expect I've, something. I've learned my lesson this week. I've learned my lesson. I know. Here's the thing. I know at the end of this storyline, I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. The end will justify the means in the end, but just right now, I was a little frustrated. Just uh, right now. Oh, one more thing before oh, we yes. go on. I don't know what Jericho did before he came out, but he looked shredded last night. I haven't seen his abs in so long. He's like... He was shredded. Know, he's flexing really hard, but he's looking good. He was shred- It's funny. He he seems to go every other week with belly, not belly, belly, mm-hmm. not belly. I don't know what it is. I want. I want sh- that. Yeah. It's like it's like it looked like he didn't eat for a week. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe one week he just overeats, and then the next week he's like, oh, got to cut back, and then. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like when when you're a little older, your metabolism is uh, is a little slower. So sometimes you have to do I'm, that. I'm 35, and it's already happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next the next segment was Britt Baker in a spa with Tony Schiavone, 
This and it's just the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> they essentially remade. Uh, they did the uh, the waxing scene from Forty Year Old Version. Yeah, <laughs> but with Tony Schiavone, America's Dad, mm-hmm. and uh, it was funny. And Reba and Britt Baker, they were breaking the whole time. They couldn't <laughs> contain their laughter, even though they're supposed to be screaming in horror. You can yeah. tell that they're dying on the inside. And it was essentially just a really funny way to reignite that relationship between Britt Baker and Tony and announce that Britt Baker is coming back for an, a match next week. Yeah. And who would have thought at the beginning of AEW that Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone would be one of the best pairings in the company? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, she was struggling more than anybody. And <laughs> she has essentially become the face of the women's division. Yeah. I really I hope she expect gets... her winning the title soon. Yeah. Well, this is why I was confused with the with the Nyla Rose thing on Dark. Why is she challenging for the title three weeks before uh, pay-per-view when it should probably be Britt Baker, and then you can put the belt on Britt Baker, and then you can just run storylines? Because yeah. they can't run storylines with Sheeta right now, either because she isn't comfortable speaking English, or they don't think that she can speak English well enough, or something's up there. Because they never let her talk, and yeah. she never has any storylines, and the women who have storylines don't have the belt. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, as much as yeah, I, I love Sheeta, once Britt wins, it'll hopefully the women's title will go back to more of a traditional type, you know, storylines and mm-hmm. build up, and then and you know, the build thing up other women around it. And... Nyla Rose can talk, and she's got Vicky Guerrero. She's, I mean, I could see Nyla Rose winning, and then. Britt Baker taking it from her because the fans like Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. She's sort of she's one of those heels that you enjoy. She's heel watching. for too long. She's going to become super face. Yeah, like peop, the fans love her, even mm-hmm. though they hate her. They're supposed to yeah. hate her, but she's just she's just that funny that they might actually support her beating Nyla as a face. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe, Maybe Nyla is going to be the Dusty Rhodes, put the belt on Nyla just to lose to Britt Baker. I could see that. Because plus with the rankings, I don't know how high Britt is, so maybe they got to build up her mm-hmm. record a little more. Yeah, she's going to face a jobber next week, and then she's going to get mm-hmm. a win and go from there. Okay, so after this was the Cody versus Orange Cassidy match, which a lot of um, very divisive on mm-hmm. the res- the results of this match i personally loved this match this is my favorite match of the night um it was it's a confusing match so i understand why people i have issues with the booking but not the match itself i have issues with cody's look but not the match cody comes out with his blonde hair i don't know why it's Mm -hmm. back i think (laughs) it's probably back more to do with his other TV obligations than anything else. Yeah, because isn't he supposed to be filming a show with the... He's filming the two shows. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's got a show on TNT, and he's got a show with Stephen Amell. That's his name, Stephen Amell. Which yeah. is about wrestling, and I think he plays mm-hmm. himself in it. So he probably has to have the uh, the Cody Rhodes look for it. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter said that Cody got tired of the, the Robbie Rotten look jokes so he died it back to blonde i mean if if cody is afraid of jokes he should just retire because i mean i love cody but he gets he gets shit on all the time for things Mm -hmm. that where people are making fun of him he's 
he's easy to make fun of because he's so popular mm-hmm. and he he puts himself out there yeah but yeah so this this match is weird because the uh orange cassidy got a rematch for the title was it is it like two or three weeks after he just had one i think it's had a match for the two weeks yeah it's it's very strange that never really happens he also walked he just walked out on the stage after cody's match last week aw doesn't really do that i don't mind that wrestling trope but Mm -hmm. apparently some people do so fair fair game there um yeah but match was great um uh it started where cody decided he wanted to wrestle like uh do some like mat wrestling with with orange cassidy and orange cassidy repeatedly gained the upper hand because he's an incredible he's an incredible wrestler in every facet and that's arguably one of his best assets is his mat wrestling and you don't realize it so it's funny when it does happen and Mm -hmm. Cody was getting frustrated. Yeah. He was getting rolled up constantly. He's constantly getting reversed. Um, yeah, he's really aggressive during this match too. Mm-hmm, throughout it, mm-hmm. one thing I noticed he wasn't really striking, which is mm-hmm. interesting because Cody normally strikes a lot. And I don't know if that's maybe because that's not uh, part of Cassidy's game that mm-hmm. uh, they thought maybe let's put Cassidy's best foot forward and let him out wrestle Cody, who is a an all American. Uh, amateur wrestler mm-hmm. um as but they they pointed out that dark order was on the outside for this match and they actually did get involved at one point um john silver tried to hit cody with the belt and couldn't and then orange cassie grabbed the belt was looking at it was thinking about hitting cody didn't hit him dark order got thrown out which Seemed a little overbooked, but it was fine. I didn't. I didn't mind. It was a fairly small segment. Um, mm-hmm. They did highlight that um, Darby Allen was in the crowd watching it, which yeah. I didn't really pick up on the significance of that. But partway through, they uh, announced that Darby Allen is going to be facing. They said facing the champion. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, they sort of book themselves into a corner where they'll they'll say like facing Cody at full gear, yeah. and I'm like well full gears in three weeks and this is the weekly tv title so i don't know how they're going to do that but they said facing the champion so although even though uh cody did win this match i think i would really like to see a orange cassidy versus darby allen match that'd be pretty great i think we're gonna get that eventually for sure mm-hmm. um yeah so cody during this match he had uh his whole neck and back and traps they were all wrapped up they're all taped up and he was really selling that from the brutal uh, dog collar match last yeah, week even on like a collar and elbow tie up like mm-hmm. he couldn't even do that because it hurt so bad mm-hmm. and stuff which hey, was nice that's a that's cody's forte he's really good at mm-hmm. that stuff he's really good at selling and telling a story and um cassidy hit him twice with uh it used to be called the air raid crash i think it's called uh beach break now beach break yeah his version because i think the air raid crash you hook their head underneath your arm he just kind of picks you up and then drops you like, yeah it's it's a little bit different really but he did it on the apron at one point and yeah, oh brutal. my god that that was i was like oh my god if he didn't have neck problems before he does now <laughs> yeah. and then he hit him again in the uh in the ring and it like the last three minutes it i was like okay 
Orange is going to win because I will. I'll be honest. This was the match because it's the TNT title. It's the TV title. It by definition, it's sort of it has to be defended every week, and this is the title that would mm-hmm. change hands on TV because yeah. that's its purpose. So it's like this is the title, especially with Cody just winning it back. I thought he's like, oh, he's going to do his dad's thing. He's going to mm-hmm. do the. Uh, he's going to be the put it on himself to give it to the next star but so i was buying into all the false finishes um orange cassidy almost beat him like three different times yeah Um, false finishes in this match were really good they were really good and they then there was the three minute warning and the 30 second warning is like Hmm. are they are they doing the tie are they once they got to the 30 seconds it's like oh they're 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 doing the tie tie and then I didn't think about it earlier. It was right in front of us the whole time. The last person to have a tie with Cody was, or the only person to have a tie with Cody was Darby Allen, who's sitting mm-hmm. in the stands. Um, so I was like, okay, they're they're do- they're doing this, and but I I still I I thought I thought Orange Cassidy was going to win. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a beautiful shot where. Like I died when uh, when the when the bell rang and he didn't win, and yeah, Orange Cast, which is excellent because usually that those kind of finishes sometimes mess up at the end, but they did it right on mm-hmm. the two count. It was excellent, and it was his finisher. It was his mousetrap finisher that he's mm-hmm. put away. Jericho, he's put away. I can't remember who else he's put away with it, but he yeah. put away Jericho, and Jericho mm-hmm. has been pinned in singles competition by I think two people. Yeah, so far. Um, not including Cody. And uh, so the the ref goes out, he grabs the belt, and he walks past uh, Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy puts out his hands to receive his championship belt, which mm-hmm. he thinks he's won because he had him in the pin, and then the yeah. bell rang. So mm-hmm. he thinks he's won. It goes past him. He hands it to Cody, and Orange Cassidy collapses on the ground, collapses on the ground, dejected. I saw a gif of yeah. that today. I was like... Oh my god, this is this is one of the better details I've ever seen at the end of a yeah, match. I didn't even notice that. That's good though. It's beautiful. It's really beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Especially from Orange Cassidy, because Orange Cassidy doesn't give a fuck. That's his character. He doesn't care. <laughs> like at the beginning when they announce him, he just walks out. Yeah, he does d- a quick thumbs up and walks back to his corner. <laughs> yeah, he does not care. And mm-hmm. uh so some people were upset with this. I was like, no, there's precedent for draws in aw they've already done it their their records are win loss and draw they have mm-hmm. every single person has win loss and draw on their record it's there yeah. it's a legit finish i loved it it needs to be special i felt like this was special um yeah and it's two faces so i mean mm-hmm. what else can you do like they obviously want to push cody they want to push orange cassidy so why not have a draw mm-hmm. i just i think that going forward um, the two people who have draw who have gotten draws with Cody is not coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, first of all, Darby was in the crowd, so obviously they were doing that for a reason. And um, they announced later on in the episode that uh, Cassidy is going to be getting another rematch in two weeks. Two weeks on That's the right on the four on the go time. home mm-hmm. on the go home for the so, pay per view against Cody. So I have a feeling that 
Cassidy is going to have a role in the pay-per-view match. I don't think it's going to be one-on-one. Yeah, I could see that being a triple threat or even with the Dark Order still coming around. Maybe mm-hmm. Brody gets himself involved mm-hmm. again and then it's a four-way. We haven't seen we haven't seen Brody and we know Brody's going to have some involvement. They were they were heavily part of this match. I I don't know if uh if he's going to be in the match later, but with Orange Cassidy being part of the go home, there's no way that he's not going to be involved in some way mm-hmm. in the pay-per-view. It doesn't make sense especially with them both being the two guys with the draws against Cody. It's part of the yeah. story. So this is where I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because we're not seeing the full story yet. They haven't mm-hmm. told it. Yeah. So I'm not going to judge it until I see the final chapter. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could definitely see at least a three-way, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised mm-hmm. if it was a four-way at the pay-per-view. So for this match, easy four to five stars. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll give it. Since I gave the opening match four stars, I'll do this one four and a quarter star. Yeah, I was, my my only thing with this was just the actual booking of the match to even take place mm-hmm. d- seemed odd. He didn't, there was no reason for it to happen other than Orange Cassidy walking out on the stage last week. Mm-hmm. But the match was great, and I think they're going to do something really good with it when by the time the story is all told. Mm-hmm. Okay, next segment is Mox attacks Archer backstage. Same thing. Um, I think uh, this time Archer was doing an interview and Moxley comes in, beats him up. Same yeah. sort of deal. It's like, excellent. Love it. Continuing on. Continuing <laughs> on. Oh, sorry. Is this when they announced that the main event was it during, right after the segment mm-hmm. when they announced the main event would be no DQ too? Yeah. Because they keep cute. attacking each other. That's cute. I like mm-hmm. that because uh, it doesn't make sense that on sometimes certain promotions will uh, in the middle of the show just decide to throw in a stipulation, which mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. So this gave them a reason to do that. And everyone's already seen their uh, no DQ match from New Japan, which was very good. People talk oh, about yeah. it all the time. Their promos have talked about it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, so the segment after this. Sorry, I lied. This was worse than the MJF one. It was... <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Matt, I'm keeping this going. Matt Hardy is having another match with Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Why the hell does anyone want this at this point? And it's not... I'm not even saying that I don't think they can have a good match. It's that Matt Hardy was on almost died the last time they had yeah. a match. It, and it seemed like that match was supposed to be their blow-off. It, like... it was supposed to be the blow-off. Mm-hmm. The audience didn't know that Matt Hardy almost died in that. They thought he did almost die. They didn't know he was okay. Mm-hmm. It completely ruined their pay-per-view. Yeah. It threw a huge dark cloud on AEW. And when Hardy came out a few weeks ago, said he was okay said he's glad that match was stopped because and that feud was stopped because Mm -hmm. um, eventually they would hurt each other and nobody wants to see that. And now they're just reigniting it again. And so what happened in this was Hardy was out with his family talking to, I don't know who the announcer was. It was probably Tony. It was Tony. Okay. And, uh, and then the, Titantron puts out uh, 
a video, which again doesn't really make sense. Why? How does Sammy know that he's out there talking? <laughs> but she has this pre-recorded video where somebody's lighting uh, a flame, pictures of Matt Hardy, and it. You turn around at Sammy, and Sammy says, "I'm the person who attacked you backstage a few weeks ago." Um, he cuts actually a very good promo, but I was mm-hmm. so upset that they were continuing this feud, which they've had a, at least three matches now, and yeah. it started meh and went down from there. Yeah. Like it's just gotten worse and worse. They've had horrible luck. Matt Hardy's almost yeah. died twice. Twice, yeah. Um, so hopefully, my only maybe they can do like a Hardy compound match. I think that's what they're doing, and that's the only I think way they can yeah. script it out and no one gets hurt. <laughs> I think this is a favor of AEW to Matt Hardy. I think Matt Hardy wants to make good on not mm-hmm. following through on that pro or on that uh, feud that they were doing. I think he wants to do good by Sammy. This is just my theory. Obviously, nobody's saying anything to confirm this, but I just I feel like Matt Hardy's got a lot of pride, and mm-hmm. he just wants to make good and to prove himself that he still got it and can still finish off a can still finish off a story. He doesn't want to leave it with him being carted out on a stretcher and going to the hospital. Yeah, which I believe he could fully go. Just mm-hmm. maybe he shouldn't do side effects off scissor lifts anymore yeah. and stuff. But like, he is really old. His body, mm-hmm. he literally is broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, he can hardly, when he walks, he looks yeah. like he's in pain. Yeah, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. So I want him to be okay for his kids because they keep bringing out his kids and his family. That's... Oh my gosh, Rebby does not look like she wants to be there at all. No, no, it's, uh, <laughs> he, he needs to think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think his best, he's a, the best asset to AEW going forward as a coach and oh, as yeah. I love him as the private parties manager. I yeah. Think that's, that's great. He has a lot of good insight and he could mm-hmm. probably put together a lot of great matches for other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't want to see this. I don't, I think that at the end of the day, I think this seems really tone deaf and it looks like it's completely misreading the room. And yeah. it just looks like even if the match is good, it has a risk of having everybody watching it be uncomfortable watching it mm-hmm. because it completely derailed what should have been an incredible pay-per-view last yeah. time. And people are just going to be afraid when they're watching it, even if it's good. Yeah. They... That's why I think they should definitely do hardy compound stuff. Yeah. Because especially if it's in front of fans, they won't be seeing it. Mm-hmm. They'll just be seeing it on the big screen, and yeah. they can do some smoke and mirrors with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then we can get all the goofy like the boat and all that stuff. Which yeah. is so, why I thought Matt Hardy went to the broken character in the first place, so he wouldn't be putting the toll on his body as much and stuff. But and now he's like, doing bigger bumps than he ever has. Yeah, I guess because he like doesn't. Since he's gone to. He doesn't have his brother to. T- take those bumps for him not to yeah and his yeah, brother was like the one that always did the sh- crazy shit now he's yeah. taking now that the he's in aw he's like around all these younger guys maybe he feels like he's got something to prove still or something like oh i can still hang with these guys you can't and, and it's okay I just, I just don't want to see him get hurt i love matt hardy yeah so I, I just don't want to see him get hurt yeah i love him and 
yeah. It's okay to have a career wind down. It's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next segment. The next segment was a... It was weird. It was like a little... Like a bingo. Like a little (laughs) bingo lottery system where Mm -hmm. it came out of nowhere. They didn't announce this, so it was kind of a shock. Yeah, I didn't. At first, I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, so they had... It comes back from commercial break, and they have all these uh, tag teams up on the entrance ramp, and it's FTR... And Tolly in the ring with, I believe, Tony and and they're they're cranking this little uh this little bingo draw machine and they say that uh there's going to be a four way to determine the number one contenders and this match is going to happen next week and they're going to pull the names out of a out of this machine and here they go and the and they pull out uh Butcher and the Blade. They pull out Silver and Reynolds, which I'm very excited for, and they had a fantastic reaction to this. Their their reaction was great. <laughs> somebody got a freeze frame shot of Reynolds like eight feet in the air, <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> um, I can't wait for that match. Um, mm-hmm. pri- and then the next team is Private Party, Private and Party. then of course the Young Bucks. So yeah, Tony Savannah is like, oh damn it, it's the Young Bucks, and it's like. Okay, so this is a vehicle to get the Young Bucks to FTR. I thought we were fine getting the Young Bucks to FTR already. I didn't I didn't know we needed this, but Yeah, it seemed like they've been building to it anyways, like they didn't really Yeah, they they didn't need this thing. And the problem is when they have these tournaments and these gauntlets and these uh number one contender four-way matches it kind of undermines their ranking system mm-hmm. which uh they sort of built the company around and i think that it's sort of taking a bit of a backseat and it might go by the wayside eventually i don't know they could they could bring it back but they did i thought they did it in that gauntlet match really well where like they did the higher your ranking the later you came out that was really good Mm-hmm. That was a good way of doing it. This is a bad way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, I love these little things. Like, they're really cool, and I love the tournaments. But when mm-hmm. you do too many of them, it just highlights how much you don't use the ranking system. Mm-hmm. And they're already starting another tournament next week for the heavyweight title, number one <laughs> contendership. So. You're sort of doing two of these in one show. It's sort of like, oh, what's with the... Like, why aren't you guys using the ranking system? None of these guys are involved. Like, uh, like Dark Order isn't even ranked. Butcher and the Blade might be ranked. Private Party is number five, at least. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. But yeah, at the end of the day, this is going to be an absolute banger of a match. Oh, yeah. And I the can't... Books can... I can't know how to work out a multi-man I, match like that. I can't wait to see it. They, yeah, they are wizards. They're absolute wizards when it comes to booking multi-man matches. Um, I think it goes back to their PWG days. Yeah, they're they're just geniuses at it. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks come out. They they see that Tony is afraid. They're like, "Oh, Tony, we're not here to super kick you." And they look at FTR. They're like. We're not here to super kick you guys. Don't worry. Like we're here to super kick them. 
they super kick uh blade they super kick uh i think reynolds gets yeah. gets super kicked and then they uh and then they the, they attack the rest of them private party jumps in they're helping them the the young bucks and private party throw out the two heel teams and then the young bucks look over at private party and they super kick them out of their shoes mm-hmm. and that was brutal super kicks yeah i mean it, it looked really really good but again it's just a it's like sort of like okay, this is this is old bucks, but it's I don't know. It sort of seems like they're trying to rehash old bucks and like the old heel bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll if it'll work. We'll see. It's hard it's hard to judge right now, but it seems like they are really really banking on fans cheering heel the heel bucks because you're gonna have the heel young bucks versus the heel FTR. Yeah. And that's a dangerous proposition. And I think they're sort of thinking that the fans aren't going to boo the Young Bucks. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's their plan. I think if they're going to do heel Young Bucks, they got to have them beat up Rick Knox all the time, like they used to do back in PWG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they got to do something. Mm-hmm. Like uh, but the Young because like the Young said, Bucks though, it's hard to tell without fans. The Young Bucks going. look like complete douchebags right now. Yeah. So, and I love Matt's hair. It's so wild oh, right now. He looks like Joey Janela with that hair. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, so the next segment is uh, Ushida versus Swole. And this uh, this match was a little rough. It was good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It was good. It was a. I wouldn't say this match was necessarily short. But they put the commercial break. They put a commercial break in it, and they always put a commercial break on the women's match. And I wish they wouldn't do that because yeah, they're. I don't want to beat up AW too much for their women's division because everyone knows there's it's their weakest it's the link. Weakest part. Mm-hmm. It's easily the weakest part. Um, but uh, like they only get one match. It's not normally that long. Can you at least? not cut it and cut it in half with a commercial break because mm-hmm. it completely takes me out of it. So I was watching it. It was a, it was a good match. Swole messed up a couple times. There was a couple little botches. She recovered pretty well on those botches mm-hmm. to make it just seem like a struggle and a fight. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I actually, I thought it was a like a, a three star match. It was okay. It was fine. It wasn't bad. Some people would think it's bad, considering the two botches and how it was a, a little sloppy. But I'm a big Swole fan. I think I wished it could have been better, especially against Sheeta. Yeah, because Sheeta is. Yeah, I'm a huge Swole fan too. She's arguably the best in the company, and I know mm-hmm. Swole's very good, and I know. She can be excellent going forward, and I think she's probably the best talker in the company. But she, for for the women, but I don't think she has been given a chance yet, and won't until her ring work gets to the point where she can uh, where she can go ten twelve minutes without these little errors. Because because mm-hmm. she's a, you absolutely see the talent. Her striking's amazing. Oh yeah, her kicks are fantastic. The headbutt where she gets all woozy after she hits it. Mm-hmm. She's the most charismatic woman in the division, but 
just with the whole division when they only give them one match a week mm-hmm. and a little bit on dark they're not getting enough reps yeah. and you can tell and it's just disappointing to see but because there's i love i love big swole and i think she does great but she doesn't have a storyline either it's just a little frustrating yeah I'd, I'd probably give it like you three stars yeah, like, yeah it wasn't bad I thought there were times I was just like, oh, this is really good. And then they go up for uh, a sunset flip off the off the top rope and Swole would slip. And then immediately JR would say, oh, it's really sweaty out there. It's really slippery because mm-hmm. it's hot. And you can tell they're trying to cover for them. And mm-hmm. it was like, ah, oh, that's the last thing they need. They need. They just need to get a good solid match in. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I think she just needs more reps. Yeah, it's not, yeah, and that's all you have to imagine they're they feel immense pressure when they're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're the two women that has to go out and carry the load for the division this week. Yeah, don't fuck it up. Yeah, and then it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. Okay, Moxley versus Archer, no DQ. To me, it was very apparent right from the beginning. They were, this was a callback to their NJPW match. Oh, yeah, for sure. They did a lot of like, spots and everything. Right down to the ring gear for, uh, to Archer. He came out with the spiked army helmet that mm-hmm. the only other time I've seen him wear it was in New Japan for that match. Yeah. So, uh, he yeah. did have the nice new mutton chops, though, that I like. Yes. Mutton chops and the bleach blonde ponytail, which was. Yeah interesting i was i was like is he gonna bleed he didn't bleed so yeah his hair is always ridiculous though everything i know about cody lied to me in that moment (laughs) um and they had eddie kingston on commentary which is which a fantastic touch because anytime Mm -hmm. you can get a mic in eddie kingston's hands it is amazing and he's put i could just listen i gotta read the phone yeah he was putting over moxley the entire time and they're not here with my what do you say? I'm out here with my best friend. Oh, and Phoenix is here too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he was talking about how, <laughs> how long he's known John Moxley, how they came up together. And he's mm-hmm. talking about his, his thing that he's been saying lately, how John Moxley was supposed to take him with them to the big time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, how he left them behind the Indies and yeah, that he'll be a sports entertainer and that he's a little salty about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I thought this match was sufficiently violent. The, oh, yeah. There was chairs, trash cans were used. Archer hit a choke slam on Moxley onto a couple of chairs, and the the chairs just exploded like they were hit yeah. by a giant in Skyrim, like just like yeah. <laughs> like into the air. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxley at one point had a chair wrapped around his head, and he was on the ground, and Archer was going to go for the the big like the big golf swing and mm-hmm. Moxley uh, Moxley quickly quickly rolled and got him into an ankle lock mm-hmm. to try and submit him, which he got out of. But from that point, it's just like, okay, Moxley is going to try and outsmart Archer. Oh, and yeah, that's what he was doing. Beat him on power. Cause wasn't it, was it right at the beginning when Mox hit a paradigm shift and Archer just kicked out? <laughs> well, yeah. So what happened was uh, they were on the apron and I think, Archer was trying to like power bomb him through a couple tables on the outside from mm-hmm. the from the apron and Moxley 
hits him with a low blow. But it's uh like he's a face, but it's it's no DQ. He's gotta outsmart yeah. the big monster the big monster. So uh he, he hits him with the low blow and then he hits him with the paradigm shift through the two tables, which is the exact same spot he did in New Japan. In New Japan, yeah. Um these tables are a little bigger though. Japanese tables are real skinny. Really skinny and really tough. <laughs> yeah, I am the table. They rarely break. Um yeah. But yeah, so he he rolls him back inside. He kicks out of it. He tries to get him in that bulldog choke that he's submitted mm-hmm. a few guys with the, at this point, including uh, Kingston up on commentary. And mm-hmm. Kingston well, ma- made sure to tell Kingston. us that he did he not tap. Yeah. And uh, he got out of that too. And then... Yeah, he just stood up out of that. That was nuts. Yeah, it was amazing. And he puts <laughs> him up on the top rope, puts him in the blackout, hits him with the blackout, and Moxley roll, just takes his momentum... Rolls them up mm-hmm. for the one, two, three. Yeah. With the roll up. And it was. Fan- I, it was a really. I liked it. Really nice roll brutal. up. Yeah. I, it's fine. It seemed like the match was quick, but it lasted about 15 minutes. So it wasn't that, it wasn't that fast. But mm-hmm. then, um, Kingston comes out from commentary and Moxley, like, he just took the finisher from, uh, from Archer. So he's dazed. Kingston comes out, puts his arm around him, and he's on the mic. He's saying, uh, "Congratulations, man! This is this man has been the face of the company for a year. He's he's like he's put the company on his back for a year. He's like a uh, yeah. He's like this is the man. Everyone, give him a round of applause. Everyone, give him a round of applause. And you're like, oh, he's being he's being nice to him. he's being nice to him like the yeah, surprising him he's giving a surprising amount of credit to john moxley and but john moxley's still kind of out, out of it and then he hits him with the shuriken the back fist knocks mm-hmm. him clean out puts clean him out. in the choke puts him in the chokehold um yeah no the refs come out and uh Phoenix and uh, Pentagon block the refs. And... Yeah, they block them from uh, from getting to him, and he's just saying the whole time into Mox's ear, "I didn't tap, I didn't tap, yeah, I didn't tap." I was just like, "Okay, so I unless there's a match next week or the week after, I think we, I think they're the match at full gear. Yeah, I think they're going to be the match at full gear, and I think." The I didn't tap. I've said. I th- believe I said this last week, and the when I did the dark recap, um, I believe the match is going to be an I quit match. Yeah, I think I that was, I quit last man standing, something like that. Yeah, I think it's going to be I quit with the I didn't tap thing. Like it, mm-hmm. I think it has to be. Um, I gave I give that match a three point seven five. I thought it was really good. I didn't mostly because because it was so uh, reminiscent of. The mm-hmm. other yeah, match from from last year, it was a lot of callbacks. I didn't qu- think it was quite as good because it wasn't as fresh. If you mm-hmm. come back with the same thing, diminishing returns. That's going to happen every time. Yeah. AW loves the callbacks. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'll go three three and a half for this match. Okay, so I'm a little higher this time. Yeah, because like you said, it had all the callbacks, but the mm-hmm. match at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Had something I've never seen in a match when Archer tried to uh, suffocate Moxley with the plastic bag. I get why they probably don't want to show that on network TV, but 
I mean, like... I'm surprised they showed that on NJPW because they shy away from that stuff normally. Yeah, I've never seen that in a match, and I watch a lot of death matches. I was like, what the heck? I've never seen this before. <laughs> yeah, so for the show overall, I give the show a three and a half. Um, a lot. The matches, I thought, would probably would be ranked higher, but with the with the story points and some of the booking uh, for some of the larger matches i thought was a little iffy so i thought this episode was going to be a between a four and a five and because Mm -hmm. it wasn't it almost like knocked it down a little further to three (laughs) to the three and a half just because of and like immediately after the show it's just like that was a really good show i really liked it i don't know why people are being so hard but then as i was putting my notes together for the show i was coming up with all these things i wish they didn't do or i wish they did a little bit differently and i was like you know what yeah it's a it's it's a good show and that's good mm-hmm. yeah i'll give it a i'll do a 3.52 as well yeah. right down the middle yeah it because i thought the, the wrestling was good but mm-hmm. yeah just some of the promos were long and like the reveal of sammy as matt's attacker just yeah kind of made the whole show overall feel off but yeah yeah, I always think of it like my grades in high school. Three and a half is is a B. You got a B. You got a seven out of ten. That's good. That that that's a pass. That's not quite an A. But I mean, AW can't have A's every time. I just yeah. really wish on the anniversary show, this was your time to nail it. Yeah, I I'm sure. You know, COVID had something to do with that. They couldn't do as much pomp and circumstance as they wanted. Mm-hmm. And... The, yeah, that was the weird thing. It's just a, one thing that I'm not even sure I heard anyone mention anniversary on the show. Yeah. Like it's, it seemed <laughs> just like a normal episode. I was like, mm-hmm. I've been, you kind of guys kind of led me to believe this was a big deal, but you guys yeah, did. There wasn't really like any hype packages either, were there? No. Maybe at the very beginning, but. There wasn't. There wasn't. Yeah. I was I was just like, oh, this is a regular episode. Okay. Uh-huh. And it felt like that, aside from every championship being on the line. Yeah. But again, I love AEW and I will continue yeah. to and I think this is just uh this is just the ends will justify the means in the end. Oh yeah. Okay. And I mean oh. yeah, like you said, they're not gonna hit bat a hundred every time. So yeah. This, no this one does, is... so I think the the amount of bad shows AEW has had, when this certainly wasn't one of them, this was a very good show. Um, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand, and oh, yeah. probably the, the on three fingers. Massively outweighs. Probably on three fingers. <laughs> their amount of good shows outweigh their bad shows by a lot. They, it's not. They haven't had bad shows since last year. Yeah. At this point. Okay, so. What are we looking forward to next week? I'll start with uh, the AEW stuff. There's the... I I mentioned my issues with the reason for it existing, but I'm really excited for the four-way tag team tournament. It's going to be great. Or not... It's not a tag team tournament, but the... I was a little confused with that. I wasn't even sure if it was a tournament at first. I had <laughs> to look back at the, at the booking notes for next week, but it's a four-way tag match for is it the elimination do you know or is it just one fall to no finish? i believe it's one fall so that'll oh, be fun okay. mm-hmm. and uh we'll probably get some cool john silver versus anybody really 
I hope we see John Silver versus the Butcher, like they try to outpower each yep. other or something. I can't wait. Can't wait to wait for him to do the kick spots against the Butcher, and then the Butcher just grabs his leg and chops it off with a cleaver or something. Yeah. Just just takes a bite out of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a ham hock. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great, and we know the Bucks are going to win. And yeah. if they don't, then I'll be disappointed because I j- just get just get to the match that we want. Yeah, with the just give us the match, please. Just give us what we want. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, give me what I want, Batista. Give um, me what I want. Okay, the World Title Eliminator Tournament starts next week. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. I don't. We don't know which matches are coming. Actually, I just want to pull up the uh, the brackets. So. Um, yes, I'm it's gonna gotta... I'm gonna pull up the brackets real real quick. Um, but, but yeah, just I don't know who's facing who, but the, they just added. Oh wait, no, uh, I can talk about it. It's a uh, Pentagon is facing Phoenix. That yeah, that's, that's a new nuts. one. That's the first round. That's in the first <laughs> round. That's gonna be amazing. His name is Penta L Zero now. Mm-hmm. It's changed. Um, I think AAA owns Pentagon. That's exactly so it. I, yeah, that's the, that's the reason why. And um, then you have Kenny versus Joey Janela. Interesting, because uh, did they have a lights out match at one point? They've had Last that. Year they've the... had that match twice, actually. Yeah. They had that match once on dark, and it was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, lights out match, I believe, or it was a hardcore match, and it was Correct. incredible. And then they had it again because it was so mm-hmm. good on dynamite, yeah. and it was yeah, that was like the following week, right? Yeah. No, it was uh, or like two weeks later. Yeah. But both like both legit like four and a half star mm-hmm. matches. And one of like some of the best selling I've ever seen from Janela. He hits a oh V gosh. trigger on Janela. Yeah, it's like he gets shot. Yeah, but yeah, in the on the one on Dark, he sets up a chair in the where Kenny does in the corner, or no, I guess Janela does. That's how this works. Janela sets mm-hmm. up the chair wedged on the turnbuckle in the corner, and then Kenny mm-hmm. sets his head up against it and V triggers him right against the chair. Ouch! Is one of the <laughs> craziest things i've ever seen that sounds enormous. and then um on the other side we have uh we have wardlow versus jungle boy which i kind of assume wardlow's going through because i know they have enormous plans for him mm-hmm. i remember the tension with mjf too mm-hmm. yeah i think part of i think this will be part of that story mm-hmm. to an extent um and I be, I know uh, in an interview, I can't forget, I forget where. Oh, it was on Busted Open Radio. Um, they asked Cody who in the company um, he thought was had the biggest potential, or who was going to be the biggest star, or one of the biggest stars. And he said, I believe he mentioned Scorpius Guy, but he also said Wardlow. And they were like, whoa, really? Wardlow? He's like, yeah, he's going to be a massive star in AEW. So he has massive plans for him. And I have seen some of his matches outside of AEW. He's very, very good. Well, I don't think I've seen any matches of his other than the ones in AEW. I YouTubed him. <laughs> yeah, he has, some, he has some very, very good matches. Like he's an, he's, I mean, he looks amazing. He's a fantastic he's worker. Out of concrete stone. His... Uh, his move where he pulls the guy off the top rope into the into the knee, his go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Oof. 
Yeah, that's brutal looking. The times yeah. he's done it in eight. And he, when he does it, he doesn't get pinfalls. He knocks them out and they call the match. That's smart. It's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. And the other match is Colt Cabana versus Hangman Page. Yeah. Which uh, that has uh, Dark Order storylines there with them having wanting to recruit Hangman and then the feud mm-hmm. that they had there. It's, it's great. I think it'll be really good. Um, I don't know which matches are starting next week. Um, yeah, they didn't say. I have a little bit of issues with the ranking system for this. It's like, why is Janela in there? Why is Colt in there? Why is mm-hmm. War- Wardlow has a good record? But like, you can see what I mean with these. Like, these guys aren't supposed to be in there, but I think that you got to have some fall guys. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. Because otherwise, like, you would have you go down the list, and there's a bunch of guys with better records, but. I digress. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for this. I love tournaments. Oh, We're, tournament arcs are always the best. We get to see Tournament Kenny. We have not seen Tournament Kenny. Um, for a while. I loved. I, we haven't seen Tournament Kenny since, what, 2017? Yeah, since his last G1. And, yeah, I, can't, I cannot wait. Um, and then we have Jericho and MJF's Le Dinner Debonair is what they're calling it. <laughs> I did not know they were calling it that. <laughs> um, they sold me on it. I'm uh, like, I was a little annoyed this week, but I think it's going to be fantastic. Like they, yeah. they can put over a steak dinner between those two guys. They can do I mean, that. Jericho's got a list over a jacket. He'll get a steak dinner over. He's got champagne over. He can do it. Yeah, like they'll be having bubbly. It'll it'll be mm-hmm. good. And the little jabs they're going to be throwing at each other. Oh yeah. I can't. I, I'm, I'm just remember what I said about him taking it over at a steak dinner. Mm-hmm. He got his title mm-hmm. stolen. He's getting his group stolen. We uh, we need to do the I told you so's if that happens. Mm-hmm. We need to get on Twitter. Actually, yeah. Twitter handles. We have yes. never actually mentioned those. Um, yeah. My Twitter handle. My last name is Mike Fenn. Or my name is Mike Fenn, last name F-E-N-N. My Twitter handle is at Fantastico on on Twitter. So like Fantastico, Fantastico in, in Italian, but with Fenn. You can look me up there. If you have any questions that you want to ask us, hit me up there. Brad, what's yours? Uh, my Twitter handle is not so rad Brad. The Brad has two Ds at the end. Uh, you- I'm a, you can always follow me on Twitter. Uh, usually on there, just trying to get the wrestler AJ Gray to retweet my tweets. <laughs> so that's a that's pretty much it. Or I talk about comic books on there and wrestling sometimes. But if you want to follow me, I'll follow you back. So follow for a follow, as the kids say. Yeah, I, I'm very nice on Twitter. I own, mm-hmm. I almost only just tell people when tell other creative people that they're doing a good job. That mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I use Twitter for. And I know that Brad and I will both be watching the G1 this weekend. Oh, yeah. It is the last three nights. It is the finals. I haven't caught up yet. I hope I'll be able to get caught up by that time. Um, Brad's let me know. Brad has let me know who's at the top of the rankings. Yeah. I'm very excited. It it makes you sense. To tell the people who's at the top. Don't spoil it just in case. Okay. Don't spoil it just okay. in case. Just know that just know that it's great. Yeah, and there's three we, nights left, and it's 
it's uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting stories going into those final three nights, uh, the, the way they've set it up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and JPW runs the best tournaments. AEW yes. learns from them. Yeah. Um, so hopefully their tournament next week starting will be just as good. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. It's a little different on TV, but uh, those are the logistics. All right, so I think that is it. Make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It's on all major podcast apps, with the exception of rating helps. With the exception of Pandora, because I am Canadian. Do they have Pandora podcasts? I didn't even know that was a thing. Apparently, they do. Oh, I haven't used Pandora in years. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It was on the list. I tried to sign up for it, and it said put in your zip code. I was like. I will not. Oh. I'm Canadian. I don't have one of those. I don't think anyone uses Pandora anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will catch you guys next week. You guys have a good one.